Welcome to another Hull Is This podcast with me, Jerome Whittingham, editor and photographer. It's Mother's Day or Mothering Sunday. We've all been thinking about our mums, what they mean to us, what they've done for us, how they inspire us, how they love us. In this podcast episode, I've been chatting to other people about their mums. Actually, all the people I've talked to this afternoon are writers, poets and spoken word performers. What we've recorded together are a series of pieces that are loving, insightful, but maybe capture the spirit of the moment. So, make sure you've got something in your glass, maybe something to dab your eyes to. Sit back, make yourself comfortable, and reflect with them about their mums, and maybe yours too. Ian Winter, playwright, poet and plasterer, what have you got for us? People of a certain age will get this, I would imagine. When I was a child, my mum washed our hair. We dad, religiously, every Sunday morning, three little lads in an old tin bath, like new potatoes covered in mud, scrubbed with a scrubbing brush in the name of love, trying to escape like terrified pups as we burned in the toxic acid bath she created with love and a packet of dads. Ingredients now used in chemical and biological warfare, anionic surfactants, non-ionic surfactants, Benzothiazoline, try saying that. Sodium triphosphate, perfumes, perfumes, man, we stink. Enzymes bleach, our skins dissolved. We all had brown eyes, now they were blue. Our heads on fire, dripping in the toxic napalm daz. Then when the water got cold, we had no hot. The boiler was broken and the lecky cost a bomb. The rent was due. That soup was in the pawn shop with the rising bread and the starving cat. We survived on dripping dumplings, duck and tatey and pigeon stew and co-op spam. So to rinse, she just ducked us under, like sheep in a dip, sometimes for too long. I think she thought it was fun. I dream of it still. Nightmares of the walking dead, but the packets are does. I spent nights in episodes with Dr. Who, hiding in the pantry. We will cleanse you. For days, our skins glowed in the dark like mutants from Mars. But the fleas were frightened to bite until Friday. Two days to go and I can't run away. If a circus passed by, I would. Then after the bath, she'd sit us down with care between her legs, combing away our nits and lice, then kill them between her nails and wrap them in the Saturday sports mail. Serve the six-legged little hookers right, because those little hookers can bite. Then we were free for the day. Don't get mucky, stay away from the browns. Their dad's a disease. Their house has got long tails and fleas. The mum's on the game. She sells a thing down below on ships and in Leeds. And don't be late for tea. I'll bring the police to the door. Or it's bed with no telly, jelly and custard. Pinky and perky, tinger and tuck of the guns. I've told you before, be good little hookers. Sometimes we'd starve until Monday. Discipline, inherent, you see. In all wives' DNA. Not spitefulness. No, no way. Mum just wanted you to shine like new pennies in their empty pockets full of nothing but hope for us. Dreams she'd born from struggle and pain. We came first and that was that. If they didn't love you zillions, why would they say, why would they wash you in dad? And hold you tight when you're a man. You're full grown, you're over six foot tall. You're supposed to be strong and tough, but you're not. You're lonely. You're lost. You're grieving over losing dad, the divorce. The crying kids. You're sad. 
you were alone. We need a washing powder for this planet, our Mother Earth, this big, muddy, new potato. Ingredients, understanding and love, so we can wash it clean of the fear of each other, the colour of skin, loose words, our intolerant sins, disease, famine, pandemics. Make it bright as a child. Put the glimmer of hope back in our open eyes. Just brothers and sisters in it together, you see. Knowing that there's always someone there. Someone to hold you tight when you want to be strong. But you're alone and you're lost. You see, at times we all need a friend who loves you enough to wash you in dads. We all need our mams to remind us to never give up on not giving up. So happy Mother's Day, ma'am. I wonder if there's much Daz on the shelves at the moment. Thanks for that contribution, Ian. Thanks very much. Cheers, buddy. Okay, thank you. Alice Godber, what have you got for us? Tell us about this poem that you've written. Um, So this poem that I've got is called I Know It's Been Hard For You. And I I wrote this um, for my mum and also for my brother um, after our father passed away a couple of years ago. And it's something I wanted to give both of them almost as a gift and just let them know that I understand, you know, we're all in it, all in this together and it's something that we can get through. Okay, share this gift. Dear Mum, I know it's been hard for you. You deserve to grieve. None of us expected any of this. You have been a rock, an image of strength. Some would say, I got my hardness from you. Is that a bad thing? Not in the slightest. Dear Mum, I know it's been hard for you. You deserve to grieve. That night was horrible. You were there for us all. I want you to know, you deserve to be happy. I'm happy for you. And I don't mean that half-heartedly. Dad would want you to be happy too. Mum, I know it's been hard for you. You deserve to grieve. Dear brother, I know it's been hard for you. Dad would be so proud. None of us expected any of this. You've had your highs and you've had your lows, but you have grown so much. Brother, you are resilient and you are strong too. Just look at you now. Dear brother, I know it's been hard for you. Dad would be so proud. That night was horrible. We all argued, but we were only 18. So young, so vulnerable, so much going through our heads. He wouldn't want us to dwell. He'd want us to be happy. Brother, I know it's been so hard for you, but Dad would be proud. Sincerely, a daughter. Sincerely, a sister. There must be lots of families just going through turmoil right at the moment, Alice, and I think your your poem really captures what... what your feelings are for your mum and what your mum's feelings are for the rest of her family. Yeah. Challenging times. I think you, you've added something, added some understanding there. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Esther, thanks for getting in touch. What would you like to share? Hi, um, this is uh, called River's Corner and it's about my mother and it's, um, I wrote it to try and think of uh, some sort of positive things about her. Um, so it's all yours you go ahead if it be only once 
minutes and precious seconds were still spent in the lagoon of your embrace. Those arms that had held my newborn head and were my first bed on the new earth. Those hands that had led mine on days that opened with wonder, early times, before I fell forever, you kept me up. Your arms created a private universe, the sunshine of your smile crowning my name. Gentle ceremonies of love, long scoured by heavy storms, are still rooted in my heart. Even the cheating cosmos cannot undo those seconds cradled in your lap. You will always mark there the first time I saw your face. From there, your face was the world I knew, wrapped around me for a few seconds, maybe only once after. You were my world again. Esther, that's really lovely. I loved that um, phrase you had, that your mum's arms created a universe for you. That's a beautiful image. Thank you. Louise Beach, another good friend of mine, author. Um, you've got an extract from one of your published books. Give us a little bit of background and, and, and then go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to do you a little reading from How to Be Brave, which was my first novel, um, and it was inspired by true events um, of a very difficult time in my life when my young daughter, who has type 1 diabetes, had a really difficult phase where she didn't want to have her injections, which are very important. You have to have them. And, and in the end, the only way that we could get her to have them was to tell her stories. And I told her the true story of my granddad's um, sea survival during um, the Second World War when his ship sank and he uh, was lost at sea for 50 days. And so that formed the basis of the novel. So I'm going to do a little reading, which is a moment where mum, Natalie and daughter Rose are sharing um, story time in order to get Rose through these injections. So I'll do you a little reading now. The microphone is all yours, Louise. Go ahead. I'm your mum, I said. Colin kept going because of his mum and she wasn't there, remember, said Rose. I'm not going anywhere, I said softly. Perhaps she was worried I'd go to another country like her dad. Who knew how children thought? I know that, she snapped. I'm just going to have a go at doing stuff myself. Are we still going to do the story, I asked. Of course. She looked at the finger pricker, anxiety dimming her eyes. Maybe you do it now and I will next time. But if I do, I'll still need a chapter. I took Rosa's hand in mine. Before diabetes, I'd felt sad that I never got to hold it now she was nine and said hand-holding was babyish. This was the only gift diabetes gave, being able to have her delicate fingers in mine again. I pierced the skin. Nothing. Some days, blood wouldn't flow, no matter how we tried. Rose bore it well when we tried again. But on the third attempt, I cried inwardly. How much should a child go through? It's okay, she said. Being sad is how you start to be brave. I'll do it. No, you shouldn't have to. But before I could stop her, she grabbed the finger pricker and she clicked it into her flesh. Red gushed from the end and she squealed, ow, ow, ow. I harvested the blood and she sucked her finger. Are you okay? Yes, she insisted. Just do the story. Were you really on the boat? I asked her before we set off. Yes, she said, so don't try and protect me. Tell me exactly how it is. Rose would know if I deviated from the truth, and doing so to cushion her wouldn't be fair to either of us. We had begun, and we would continue. Are you all still being brave? Wow, that's a good question. Um, gosh, see, this story was inspired by something that happened a long time ago now. It was, it was 2007, so we'd just been flooded um, in the big hole floods, and... 
our daughter Katie was seven and she got very ill and we thought it was stress at first and it ended up that she had type 1 diabetes so this this was um, inspired by that era which is what we are now 13 years ago um so Katie's now 20 (laughs) which is unbelievable she's away at university doing a mental health nursing degree and is she still being brave well I guess she is the fact that she's thriving she's doing really well on her own I'm not there anymore <laughs> to chide her to do her injections and, and she just does them. So I guess it's um, <laughs> Katie's the brave one, maybe me not so much now. <laughs> <laughs> I often get little videos sent through to me uh, on Facebook from Richard Harry's. Richard, yeah. I, really, I really love the little videos you send. What have you written for us today? Well, it's called To My Mother. Uh, my mother died many years ago and I woke up feeling rather stressed And this came into my head, so I felt I had to write it, and it was rather cathartic. It and all my other poems can be found on YouTube on R.C. Poems. That's Arthur Richard C. for Charles Poems, all one word. To my mother. Hello, Mum. Oh, okay. you don't like Mum or Mother or Ma, so it's Mummy. Hello, Mummy. You have been gone now for 54 years, but we still think of you. You died at 50 so long ago. We are now the older generation. Judy died at 49, so she did not even have as much time as you. Sue and Meg and I are now the old ones. Yes, I know they were Susan and Margaret, but things change. I am still Richard, though, but have been Rick and Dick in my time. You had grandchildren, lots of them, and they had kids, too. So now you are a great-grandma. And we worry about the children like you worried about us. Now we live in a strange world, a world where a pandemic rules. And mummy, we are frightened, angry, bewildered, scared. I woke up this morning and I had to write to you. So there you are. That was the poem. That's lovely. That's lovely. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, of course, today that don't have mums, but hey, let's just hope they're still feeling some love as well, eh? Yeah, and um, I, I've always felt, felt my mum was still with me, um, not on a hillside in Harrogate in a churchyard, you know? Um, and whenever we, even in the 60s, we used to put flowers and little plants on the grave and they were always stolen, so <laughs> I've never actually done that. We always have a vase of flowers in the house for, for her, really. I'd rather look at them and see them than have some bugger steal them. <laughs> yes. Richard. And that's from somebody who thinks the 60s was lovely, but there were some <laughs> bad things went on there, just the same as they do now. <laughs> Richard, thanks so much for all of, you, all of your writing and uh, keep sharing it with us, won't you? Thank you very much. We'll do. All the thanks. best. Thanks. Bye for now. Bye. Michelle D., my good friend. Um, spoken word performer and writer. What, what is it you've got to share? I'm going to tell you how my mum has influenced me throughout my life. Go ahead. Thank you. So I've got lots of memories of my mum, and I'm going to start with this one. When age 13, uh, I used to bite my fingernails a lot, and she promised to buy me a book, any book I liked, if I could present to her 10 unbitten fingernails at the end of the week. And I managed to do it because I really wanted this book. 
and I got the book, and it was it was Fire and the Hemlock by Diana Wynne Jones, a fantasy book. And this brings me on to some other things that she that she'd influenced me into. She gave me my love of the archers, but she doesn't listen to it anymore, and she's convinced she never did, but she did. And also more widely listening to Radio 4 because she would have it on all the time. So now I love Radio 4. So she gave me that. She also gave me my, my love of TV crime drama. We would watch Morse together. Afterwards, she would tell me she knew who'd done it all along and then expand on all the obscure classic references that hinted at the clues and show me how she did it. She was very clever, my mum. She got me when I was uh, when I was six. I was adopted, and my mum uh, was thirty three, and we had a tempestuous relationship. But she has made me who I am in in many ways. She was incredibly well read. She ran the school library uh, single handedly in Zimbabwe for for three years. She got given a a, a picture of a, a lion, a, a copper uh, picture, and I have that on my wall. I don't know why I said lion, it's an elephant. Why did I say lion? It's an elephant. It's a copper elephant. Anyway, I had that on my wall. I don't know why I said lion. It's an African animal. <laughs> an African animal, I can see it. It's an elephant. It's absolutely an elephant. A copper elephant. Really, quite importantly, especially now, at this moment in time, in 2020, I can cook thanks to my mum. Because from 12 years old, every other week, one of his kids had to cook the Sunday dinner, whether that was lunch or an evening meal, we could choose. And the cooking started with the shopping and then the preparing and writing out the, the method and having a, a time schedule. And I had to have the dinner on the table for five people by a time that was already prearranged in the method. Sometimes it went wrong. And I, I remember meatloaf without any breadcrumbs. Now, if anyone's ever done meatloaf without any breadcrumbs, you know it comes out like a brick. A very, very dodgy-looking baked omelette that was kind of a green colour. I just don't know why, but it tasted horrible. Uh, raw chicken, um, burnt spaghetti, and a whole bunch of tantrums and sulks and, and uh, screaming matches. But now, thanks to my mum, I can cook a fine roast dinner and make a cheese sauce from scratch. <laughs> do you still so bite? These you, are good things that she's taught me. Do you still bite your nails? I don't bite my nails. So your mum's had a I lasting have great legacy. Nails. I get, I get, um, I get compliments on my nails wherever I go. Aren't mum's great? Aren't they just? Um, and she also encouraged in me my passion for the arts. We were going to go see this folk music thing later this year. I don't know if that's going to happen now. But um, she did come to see my one-woman show with my dad last year about the surrealist painter Leonora Carrington. And she said afterwards, well, that was very nice, Michelle, but I never could stand the Bloomsbury set. And I just thought, eh, you just can't win them all, can you? You just can't win them all. You know, I've known you for, what, maybe 10 years? I've only met your mum once, and that was after some arts event that we were all together at. can't remember what the event was, to be honest. It but was, it was Humber Mouth, and it was those um, 
the uh, the the poet Goff and Brian Patton. That was it. It was yes, that's right. Oh, Michelle, those are lovely little memories there you've got of your mum. Thanks for sharing those with us. You're very welcome, and to all the other mums who can't be with their um, with their families today, it won't be forever. Yeah. Poems by Phil on Twitter has been in touch. Phil, what have you got for us? Uh, I've uh, just done a short one, uh, as requested by yourself, Jerome. Uh, are you ready for me to read it to you now? Yeah, go on, sock it to us. Right then, here it goes. Uh, to all the mums who raised a kid, we appreciate the work you did. Some had help, some were alone, but you gave us all a loving home. You helped us grow and raised us well, despite us always raising hell. That's why this Sunday we want to say, have a happy Mother's Day. Oh, you hellraiser, you. You're a big softie at heart. Well, you know, it's not just about me. Cheers for that input, Phil. Really good to hear from you. No problem. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Cheers, buddy. Oh, I'm sure we will. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks in particular to all those that have contributed today. You've given us plenty to think about. You've been listening to a Hull Is This podcast with me, Jerome Whittingham. Do make sure you're following Hull Is This across all the regular social media platforms. It's been good to be in your ears. Until next time, bye for now. Stay bright.